This is a filmmaker gardener, Dotson. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Skating Gardener Podcast. How are you doing, everyone? Uh, my name's Lee Conley. I hope you are doing good. Today, we've got someone on the podcast who I've been trying to get on, unbelievably, for like almost three years. Three years, everyone. We uh, continued that mission, and we got there. Today, on the podcast, is Mr. Joe Swift. I think it might have been about three years ago um, that I first asked Mr. Joe Swift to come on the podcast and he said what was his words he said something like yeah yeah yeah, i'd love to how long i was like i don't know about 20 minutes or something like that he said oh, i'm not doing it that i'm not doing that and then we spent the next three years joking around how hey, you're gonna come on you're not you know and i was i had enough of that so i said to get on the podcast now I, I didn't say that i didn't but we did have a chance this year 2019 to sit down and have a little podcast chat i tricked him I mean, if you listen to this, I tricked him by saying, is this right to say, am I allowed to say this? I tricked him by saying, I'll only be about, you know, 10 minutes, something like that. Knowing I'll get him a, bit, a little bit longer than that. I, I think I ate into his lunch break. But that's what I, that's what you have to do for the podcast, guys. That's, that's what I do for you, dear listener. I eat in to Joe Swift's lunch break just to get him on the podcast. <laughs> Uh, he's been one of the nicest people one, one, I meet a lot of nice people backstage at the shows um, but Joe's always been really kind and um, sat down and chatted and you know I, I really like Joe so hi Joe if you listen he's not going to listen is he he's not going to listen but he's a really nice guy and it was really great to actually sit down and get a few of his thoughts about what's going on in Garden Street and how he got into it as well uh, I think that's a really interesting story, so you're about to hear that. If you don't know who Joe is, let's, let's read it off wiki, everyone. But if you don't know, he's from Gardener's World. Uh, you would have seen him on there. But before that, well, actually, we're going to go into that, aren't we? We're going to go into... I always do this. I always do this on the podcast. I always say, well, everyone, here's exactly what you're about to listen to. If you don't know who Joe is, uh, you may have seen him on Gardener's World. But there's so much more to him than just that. As Mr. James Alexander always introduces him, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry, Rich, can we can we delete that bit? Because if James Alexander hears this, he always gets a noise. I don't say his full name. Leave it him. If James Alexander Sinclair, <laughs> I'm sorry. We we back on. Okay, cool. Let me introduce him. The only way that Mr. James Alexander Sinclair can, ladies and gentlemen. It's the bald one from Gardener's World. It's Joe Swift. It's the Garden Chit Chat. The Garden Chit Chat. It's the, the Garden Chit Chat. The Garden Chit Chat. It's the it's a Garden Chit Chat. It's a Garden Chit Chat. I'll be quick and harmless, alright? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, 
thanks for coming on the podcast, finally. Yeah, you tracked me down, finally, <laughs> finally. It's about a couple of years, isn't it? Since, uh... Yeah, so, surely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I always start with, like, how did you ever get into... I don't need to lay your entire life story, but how did you get into gardening? Gardening? I used to garden with my grandparents, really. Both sets of grandparents, and, they were, well, one was quite a keen gardener. He thought he was Percy Thrower from Gardens World, so he used to sort of, like, you know... Um, yeah, wander around in his waistcoat, and he had quite a big garden. Um, my garden at home was sort of uh, just playing football. In really, my mum tried to have a little garden in London, but we, me and my brother, just sort of just beat the hell out of it with the football. Um, and then I, uh, when I, I sort of was a, I was an art school dropout. I was in a band, and then I went off on a kibbutz to Israel, oh. uh, as a lot of people did in the eighties, um, and just because you didn't need any money and you were sort of working outdoors, and it was really good fun actually um, and I started fish farming and working in the date palms and um, and I was out there for about six months and I came back to London and needed to get a job uh, a friend of mine was working for a local gardening company um, which is called Gaylord and Merriweather and I yeah. rang them up and I said can I speak to Mr Gaylord and Mr Merriweather families and he's like no 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 there's no one here with that name um, and he basically gave me a job uh, started um, like the Monday after and I worked with this um, gardener called Antonia, a bit of a hippie gardener, terrible driver. I drove the van, and she taught. I, I was in the maintenance sort of side of things for about a year and a half, and then I moved across to the landscape side of the business, and it was mixing up muck for the bricklayers and the pavers, and sort of just took off from there, really. Oh well. Yeah. So you started from from the bottom. From the bottom. <laughs> from the bottom. But you know, it's it's good. I mean, you know, gardening. You sort of, it's really good to know the industry inside out. And it, you can't garden without raking up leaves and weeding and you know, digging over beds and, and all that sort of stuff. But Antonia was always teaching me something. You know, we, uh, we had the, uh, the Reader's Digest encyclopedia in the van and she'd always teach me plant names and how to propagate and how to divide and um, how to prune, most importantly, actually. She was very good at pruning. Um, we used to do sort of a lot of roses and wisterias and, and stuff. And did some beautiful gardens in North London together. Um, and then, yeah, understanding how to build a garden, levels and foundations and all that sort of stuff. Um, so when I went and studied garden design later, after having tra- I went and travelled in Australia um, for a year and landscaped in Melbourne and Sydney, I, I like to think I left it in a much improved country. Yeah, um, sure. yeah, um, oh, I've been there for a year and it was definitely worse, mate, after you'd been there. <laughs> But um, I came back and um, a friend of mine, mine's mum, asked me to design a garden. And I was like, yeah, you know, I did technical drawing O-level and, and I know a bit about um, landscaping and stuff. But I just sat down with a blank piece of paper and didn't have a clue where, where to start a garden design. You know, I, said, um, I, I measured this garden out and I just didn't, really didn't know where to, where to start with a pencil sort of thing. So I went and studied garden design um, in 1990 at the Chelsea Visit Gardens English Gardening School. Um, there was no... You couldn't do a degree in garden design then. It was either landscape architecture or, uh, or there's a couple of private colleges. And so, yeah, so I went there and, and set up a design and build business at the same time. Um, oh, why were you doing it? Well, yeah, because it was only two days a week college. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we sort of set up on the side and then, and then sort of took off from there, really. Yeah. And all, all of, obviously all the, like, like I said, start from the bottom and working way up, you sort of know yeah. how things work. So you're not designing things that, no, that can't, aren't possible. That's right. 
the practicalities of everything and budget understanding budgets um, and using budgets creatively I think that's a really important part of design um, you know knowing where to put money and where not to put money or you know cheaper ways of doing things to get a similar look or whatever it might be especially it comes to sort of walling and level changes and you know it can really eat up a lot of money um, and I think having having learn how to build and watch people build as uh, not cutting corners but just using materials in interesting ways yeah because when, when people first like I, I always find that when people first get their home the garden's always, always like the last thing people ever come to and like designing a garden yeah like I've watched your talks about designing a garden it's quite it's really important how you use the space yeah it is and, and we can't get away from the the rectangle you know the rectangular lawn in the rectangular plot or the rectangular lawn even if it's not a rectangular plot and very unimaginative and just by tweaking a few things or having a plan uh, to work to over you know three four five years or ten years whatever it might be um, and having a sort of an idea of where you're heading uh, it's all part of good design and I think that's where um, a lot of people will just go and start buying plants and they'll start putting them in and growing stuff they want lovely okay that's great um, but you know if they put a shed in or a path in or a patio wherever it might be um, it might all, not, not always be the best spot for it design wise um, and that's where good design comes in is really making the most of, of what you've got in creative ways so they're sort of greater than the sum of its parts. People want things like instantly as well. Like, I think, like you say, it takes years for a garden to... I remember my dad's garden when we first moved to our house and how it is now. And as soon as I got my own house, I was like, I want that instantly. Yeah. It doesn't never works like that. It no. always takes a while. No, it always takes a while. And it's sometimes it's just not worth throwing money. You know, some plants are so fast growing that there's no point in, in buying big ones, you know, you know, perennials and grasses and stuff. Every now and then it's worth investing in you know maybe a couple of big things or you know more expensive things whatever it might be but yeah you, you certainly have to be patient you know and that's a lot i think that's the beauty i mean you know the older i get you know i'm 54 now and it's like uh, i actually really enjoy the slow process of gardening you know for my in my own garden that is clients are more demanding you know they, they want they want things a bit quicker um but i really like watching things you know develop and looking back at photos even two or three years ago and you know they always change they never they never finish no I think any garden's ever finished for any any gardener really no <laughs> no um, what sort of style garden do you like because people like going to like vegetable growing you've like to the design side but what sort of gardens do you like designing yeah um, I saw, uh, I mean the style I guess you would sort of call it contemporary classic you know there are contemporary elements but I think you've always got to have those classic um, you know proportions and dimensions of scale and you know the, and, and you know heights in the planting variable heights um otherwise if you go too thematic with a garden you make it too you know I don't know, Japanese or Mediterranean, whatever it might be, um, by the time it's matured, it, you, you can be a bit bored of it because yeah. it's like a bit of a one-hit wonder, ideas-wise. Um, I don't know, I, I do less residential work now, so I've recently done a big project at Stone Mandeville Hospital, um, which was great, and that's sort of got lots of curves and um, in, in intimate little areas I've created mainly through the planting, but it's sort of got it's got good lines on it you know it's cut their curves or arcs or they're strong curves they're not just lots of little wiggly bits you know um and having sort of quite large brush strokes with the hard landscaping and trying to get that full sense of flow into a garden is very important um and then just really limiting the amount of materials really to keep it sort of cohesive i think gardens can get a little bit fussy 
Um, and then yeah, the plant palette is just trying to trying to really create as much interest all year round. Yeah, you know, uh, so lots of winter scents and winter stems. I mean, spring and summer are quite easy to to make impact. It's more the other times of the year you have to really think about when you're designing a space. And from your like working gardens world, like you get to obviously see show gardens. Like, how do you feel about show gardens? Um, like, like it's got sort of going back to that idea of like making things instant and people come along thinking they can instantly get that yeah how do you feel like show gardens represent that well i think i think they give people i think they do give a lot of people ideas you know you come here to hampton court and there's lots of gardens they're all very different you know very um uh, you don't normally you know there's not one with just a great big lawn in the middle of the garden but people still, still will go home and plant around their big lawn um no i think it's more inspiration um and also i think actually the medal system you know with the rhs you know if you see a gold medal garden you know that actually that planting is going to work um and it's going to be well put together um so and and if you really dissect it and that's sort of my job really in a way and on on the shows and garden as well is to try, try and dissect things that that, um, that people might want but it's it's not all about take home you know you've got one garden this you know that usually you've got one garden at home and, and you want to create something that's really you know personal to you but these shows are just more about you know enjoy having a good day out yeah, yeah. around around ideas and around plants and around gardens and looking at other people's gardens and you know i was the uh, president of the ngs and people uh, the national garden scheme people go and visit other people's gardens it's not all about your own garden and your own space it's also about appreciating what other people do yeah how i spend time in that space yeah yeah and their ideas and their design you know if you try and like i say if you try and put too many different ideas into one garden it's going to look confusing it's going to really struggle and that's why a lot of these show gardens they're based around one really simple idea often yeah um, and they're the ones that work best you know simple lines simple planting uh, and you know maybe a simple narrative uh, sometimes a narrative can get a bit complicated you know for some of the briefs you know and every single plant has to have meaning in it or whatever yeah. which people aren't going to do at home at all um, but yeah yeah I mean I think it's it's all about ideas but ultimately it's what it's what you like and what you'd like to do and what you feel comfortable in and I think you know, if for, for designing for somebody you know if they're a very formal person they might like a formal garden but most people just want to relax and somewhere to encourage wildlife and have certain colours in the garden the hardest thing for a client is when they just want colour in the garden all year round and they feel there has to be these explosions of, and it's just really the smaller the garden gets so it becomes quite impossible unless they're going to do it themselves yeah, yeah, and they're yeah. going to put loads of bedding in they're going to put loads of bulbs in and they're going to constantly go, but mostly clients of mine you know don't do it themselves that's why they've got someone else to do it yeah. um, but they won't always have a gardener looking after it and that's the great thing about Horatio's garden we've got a head gardener there four days a week and so I can come up with ideas and we can and, and they'll happen you know yeah. and it really feels like a garden that's properly maintained and lots of perennial plants and uh, you know you don't have to just make it low maintenance yeah yeah Joe Swift's coming on he's coming on the podcast it's only two three years but he's coming on the podcast you're listening to him on the podcast Joe Swift's come on the podcast thank you Joe Thank you, Joe. He's on the podcast. Do you think people care more about wildlife in 
like yeah definitely yeah I think they do I really think they do I Even think things like overgrown a little bit more yeah I think I think everything's changing and I think people are really appreciating looking and watching wildlife not spraying the hell out of everything all the time um, and also their responsibility to a degree um, and I think the programs you know just just on, on last night's program actually garden as well um, Kate Bradbury was doing a piece about her garden and encouraging wildlife a lot of the shows here are, you know and the RHS are behind it and Monty obviously you know is um, you know always pushing for it and you know, it's quite critical times, yeah. and and gardens. You know, Chris Packham, the Spring Watch Garden here. I've interviewed Chris Packham. Wow, what an amazing guy! Yeah, and uh, if we put all our gardens together, it's the biggest. Um, it's the biggest yeah, or natural resource. I oh, was it the big. Oh, I can't remember the term he used, but it's it's bigger than any. It's biggest nature reserve. If we put all our gardens together, it'd be the biggest nature reserve in the UK. Yeah. A long way, and you know, the diversity. What about um? There's more. Apparently, there's two. I read the other day, 220% more sales of artificial grass. Really, yeah. Than last year. Yeah. Like, what do you think about that? Is because people are looking for easier ways to yeah. look after garden at the moment. James, I always use my mate Jason as an example because he's not a gardener; he's just a homeowner that yeah. uses garden, and his go-to is plastic plants or. Yeah. Or artificial grass. Yeah. What do you yeah. think about artificial grass? I don't have a massive problem with um, uh, because you know it's a surface, it's a garden surface, is the way I look at it. Um, and you people have patios and have decking and they have you know gravel and all this sort of stuff. So I just see it as another surface. Um, and my worry is that it doesn't biodegrade. You know that's the problem is is that once people ripped it up, you know, ten or fifteen years later. Um, it's going to still bloody be there, you know, like all the other plastic in the world. Um, but I have used it on balconies and roof terraces uh, where you, you've got to put something down on the surface and it just greens it up. You know, yeah, visually yeah. it greens it up. I think people overuse, overuse the, 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 the plastic grass as well and they don't think about the plants, you know, so you end up with this sort of wall-to-wall carpet and then people just putting pots on top of it to try and soften it up. Yeah. I think, you know, you've just, again, with any garden, you've got to get the proportions and try and get as much planting into it as possible. So if there's a small area of, um, of plastic grass, um, just make sure you soften it a lot with planting. But it's, it's easy to sort of... I don't know, I, I can see why people use it. Yeah. Um, and the product has improved visually a lot. And I just think there's a, there's, there's a right setting for it, perhaps. But, yeah, it's a bit slightly worrying, that. Yeah. <laughs> in a way, you know, 220%. It's probably only going to go one way as well, though. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, your work on Gunners World, mm-hmm. like, how did you get into... Into, into Gunners World? Yeah. Uh, I answered an advert in the back of a magazine. Uh, back of, um, it was country... Uh, no, it was... Um, the Gardens Illustrated magazine had this little advert. Uh, I had a little gardening shop in Islington at the time, sort of designing, and we used to sell pots and plants and stuff. And I used to sell Gardens Illustrated. And, yeah, it had this little thing at the back saying, you know, do you have ideas about modern gardening? And it was when Ground Force and Home Front in the Garden, and it was all that, you know... I've been on Gardens World for 21 years now. And um, it, when I just, yeah, I, I made a very silly video with a friend of mine on Hampstead Heath just mucking about in the in the shrubbery and he edited it down and sent it off and um then i went up for a screen test uh and they asked me to do a few little bits and pieces on the telly so they try they tried out lots of people on gardens well um and then they get a bit of market research and feedback and yeah it was it was, it was great you know going down to titchmarsh's alan titchmarsh's garden for the first time was amazing and I'd always been a huge fan of garden as well. So, you know, Jeff Hamilton was where I used to watch it when I was first landscaping and gardening. 
and I never got to meet him but apparently he was just a, a, a lovely man as you can imagine um, and I started doing Chelsea and there's more there's a lot of gardening programs on then yeah small town gardens garden invaders you know one day makeovers exhausting but a, but a huge learning curve um, working with Charlie Dimmock and people like that um, yeah so it was a sort of lucky break I guess but you know it's a funny it's a funny industry really because you, you know I still design gardens I still love plants but it's it, and it's um yeah, it's a funny season because you you know you start in sort of April and go on, and spring and summer is absolutely crazy. Yeah. Um, and it's not all my life because I write and I design, uh, and but the TV and well Chelsea and Hampton Court and things are probably more work for me than Gardeners World across the year actually. Yeah. But there's a huge privilege in being able to go and visit people's gardens and talk to you know experts about what they're growing or the best or the, you know whatever it might be and they're having that access to you know and that's what I've really enjoyed over the years yeah it's just um, having the access to some amazing gardens and amazing people yeah, yeah did you ever think it would ever like, like did you ever like have that in your like that you wanted to do stuff on like stage and on TV no not really no 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 I wanted to be I wanted to do gardening and garden design and that was the most important no I didn't know I didn't think I, I would my dad's an actor my dad was an actor. He, he uh, died this year, but uh, and I know I forgot my I forgot my lines in the nativity play at school. I was one of those sort of kids. But it's funny. I just um, uh, TV's different because you can do stuff and you do stuff again, and you sort of build your confidence. And doing live stuff, uh, the first few talks I did were just painful. You know, I just I just was just profusely sweating throughout the whole thing, and. Uh, um, uh, and it was, I, I didn't enjoy it at all. But then I, I remember doing a sort of talk about my gardens with slides, and and then I just built confidence really. And now I really enjoy it. I like the immediate interaction of um, of a live audience. Yeah, yeah. And do you always find that people always come up with you afterwards and want, want you to design their garden for them? Uh, quite often, yeah. Or they say, "Oh, yeah, if you need a garden that needs a lot of work for the telly," I'm telling uh, the thousands <laughs> of times I've heard that. Uh, and sometimes, yeah, they want you to design your their garden for free. Um, or the back of a fag packet or whatever um, but um, yeah <laughs> yeah yeah they do um, we're, in, we're in with your biggest tip for someone a new gardener or someone that's just got a new home and they've got a new garden what would be your biggest tip I was uh, yeah I think yeah, I think plan, plan it I mean right plant right place is a classic and you've got to just work with what you've got and soil and the aspect and everything and don't fight it we did a, we did a very good piece on the telly uh, um, based on Beth Chateau's garden that was her philosophy um, but I actually think plan it sit down you know there's like, you can use things like Google Earth now and just pen and paper take a photo on you know, your tablet and draw over it and just plan it so that over the next two or three years you know you're not working on little projects in isolation and when you put a path in or you put a little pond in or you put a shed in or you put a paving in or a lawn and planting or whatever it actually sort of you know it all feels like it comes together because it's easy just to start in a corner and then think oh maybe that wasn't the best you know maybe that should have been in the other corner whatever it might be so sit down plan it um and actually put it down on paper where you're heading and it will probably feel a lot more cohesive after a few years thank you cheers pleasure (laughs) thank you thank you the garden chitter. Thank you so much uh, for Joe for coming on the podcast. I had such a great time sitting down with him, and like I said, I really do enjoy sitting down chatting backstage. And it was just nice to get him on the podcast. Finally, I knew it'd be a good interview. I knew it would be, 
uh, getting some of his thoughts down. I, I, will, I usually say it'd be great to have him back on, but that will take probably another three to four to five years. So if you are looking for a part two to this, just just hold off, everyone. Just hold off. Uh, yes, thanks so much, Joe, for coming on the podcast. If you are listening, I hope you lovely, 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 lovely people enjoyed that podcast. I'm loving it at the moment. I'm really enjoying the interviews we're having. We're having such a great year of interviews. Not that we've not had great ones beforehand, but it just feels like I'm getting a lot more people getting back to me about stuff, which is great. A lot more interaction. So if you do enjoy this podcast, please do interact on the Instagram, on the Twitter. Uh, Joe's on Instagram, so go give him a shout out and say, all right, Joe, thanks for coming on. And But it's great to hear from you. It's great to get a response. And if you are enjoying this, do me a favour. I don't know what difference it makes, but it makes my little ego feel a little bit better. Uh, go give it a five-star review on the iTunes uh, and just tell me what you think. Even if you think it's bad, just do the five stars and then write a comment. But the five stars is, is what really makes me happy. <laughs> no, it's really great to hear from you. Thank you so much, you lot, for listening. Uh, you are so awesome. Look, I'm going to tell you a little bit about, um, only really quickly, about my Patreon. I never usually do stuff like this. Like Patreon I've always sort of stayed away from. And it's not for the podcast. It's actually for something totally different. But it's for extra content that I'm creating at the moment. Um, you would have seen that the podcast is popping up now a little bit on YouTube. But also, there's exclusive podcasts that, and some podcasts that pop up on here, but you may have heard a part of and want to hear a little bit of my real, real thoughts. Uh, you can go over to Patreon. Uh, it works out. It's about a tenner a month. But it's not for me. That's the, the thing. That's the sort of, it's something that I'm working at, at the moment. Uh, you may know that I'm really passionate about getting every child to know how to grow their own before they hit secondary school. And all the money that's made from Patreon, all the extra content that's put in there, all the money from that is going to go towards that in 2020. So if you really want to help me along, get into schools and give free work, um, school workshops, gardening workshops, because I, I really think that you know schools... Uh, they have loads and loads of dosh to throw around. So if they can get me in there for nothing and I can get schools started on that gardening journey, then wicked. Please just pop over there. It explains a lot more. Patreon, the link's in the description. That'll really um, help me out. Even if you just pop over there and just have a look. Have a little think about it. That's absolutely cool with me. I don't, us- I don't usually ask. I'm not usually asking for your hard-earned cash. Only if you're really passionate about it and only if you really fancy a little bit more content. Please do check it out. Right, everyone, that's it for this week. I, I thank you so much for listening, as I say. Uh, look after yourself. Look after your garden. And look after... How do I say it? Sorry. Look after yourself. Look after that family. Oh, and uh, look after that garden. Much love, everyone. See you later. Migration.
Yes, I think they're going to go to the garden.